0: The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at MSLandBank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. It is Monday, a Reaction Monday. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matt. JB is here. Most importantly, you are here. Appreciate you being here. Glad you grabbed a chair and had a seat at the table with us. We'll chat it up with you for a little bit here on this reaction Monday. What's your reaction to the weekend? What did you think about Ole Miss outscoring South Carolina? Their offense couldn't be stopped. South Carolina's just about couldn't be stopped, but it was stopped enough for Ole Miss to win the ballgame. Shootout. It was a fun game to watch. I didn't I didn't watch all of it. I sure watched most of it. Yeah. If you're a state fan, do you hope they have another bye week so they can get ready for the Egg Bowl? (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe so. It it would certainly help get people healthy. But the other side of that, too, though, if you're a state guy also, JB, is some people believe this, and and it is true sometimes, that you're actually better off to kind of get back in the flow of things. Oh, yeah. You know, like go out and hit somebody and tackle and kind of get back into the routine. We'll talk about all that coaching what ifs? You got one open in the SEC now in the East and all that kind of stuff. I need to pour a little coffee, though. First. 25 seconds left to play. Here we go. Here You're that. listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners.
1: This crowd is alive. You play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Woo! Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Yeah! Caught for a touchdown by Matthew Buckley. He- Speak to the Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football.
0: Yeah. Like hearing that, old Jerry. Mr. C. All right, here we go. Albert 2. He is off and running. Text me on the country, please, and text line 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number, 885-ESPN, or 885-3776. Call me on the Davini phone, Davini Equipment, Madison Ann, and in Jackson. They are your Kubota dealer. Highway 51, Madison, Spring Ridge Road, Jackson, Kubota, Hit me up on the Divini phone, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Let's see where we are. And also on the live stream. Hey to y'all. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, tuning in on the live stream, I can see all your comments all here in one place. We'll chat it up that way also. Uh, Mike on the live stream said, I think Will Muschamp has gotten lazy and fat. Hey, J.B., can you imagine the post game with the uh, A.D. where they're going to fire you? And that comes – you know, and, and then we just cut to the chase. Hey, Will, yeah, thanks. Come on in. Have a seat here. <laughs> we're going to go a different direction. We're going to go ahead and cut bait right now and let you get going. You're going to be a wealthy man with this buyout, obviously, but uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next guy. Okay. Uh, well, can you kind of fill me in on the reasons? Well, Will, I'm just going to be honest with you. You've gotten lazy and fat. (laughs) What? You're firing me because you think I'm lazy and fat? Well, off the record, of course. (laughs) Um, Hey, if it's true, maybe we appreciate honesty. Blake said Muschamp got some good players, but wasn't a good game day coach. Whoever comes in can have immediate success. They got players. They got some. Mike came back and said if South Carolina picks up Freeze, he'll have a championship run within the first two years. Blake said Freeze versus Mullen for the Eastern Division with Kirby taking the back seat. <laughs> Mike's. I uh, said, I think Mason stays put for this year. Vandy will not want to make a move due to COVID and the social situation going on. Why? You saying that, Mike? Because he's a uh, African American head coach? Where do the terms black and white and stuff come from? Nobody is either one, like technically. <laughs> I mean, we got Caucasian, we got African American, but ain't nobody black and ain't nobody white. Okay, anyway. Uh, I don't know. Listen, here's let's let's talk about this real quick. People are now throwing around two names. Everybody looking at two names, right now that Muschamp is gone, and that uh, out there at South Carolina, they are looking for the next guy. Everyone immediately now transitions. Okay, who who's next? Well, let's see, Derek Mason Vanderbilt gone. No, I'm not so sure. And everybody goes Harbaugh, Michigan. Well, let's let's look at it real quick. You know, the financials for Harbaugh, maybe they are complicated. I haven't read about them. I just know his contract is huge. I know the money was huge. I know that he's taken pay cuts, as have a lot of people at Michigan, and I know that they – how many staff members and, like, faculty and stuff has Michigan, the University of Michigan, furloughed and cut and fired and everything else? It's in the hundreds, isn't it? So I don't know what the financials are. At a place like Michigan, if going ahead and making a change on Harbaugh now during a COVID year would cost them millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in buyout stuff, maybe it's fine, but maybe it's not. Okay, maybe they consider that. I just know that it's – that is a – Michigan – can we all agree on this? Michigan is a train – that is now going eighty miles an hour downhill, and there is zero chance of turning it back around, and getting it going uphill anytime soon. That's what Michigan is. Okay, it's it's about to bottom out. Now, I think if you're looking at it in terms of reality, and I know recruiting is a big deal also, I think Harbaugh is the kind of coach who if you are in a situation where you need to overachieve, you don't have certain built-in advantages that everybody else has. You need to have a more of a, I don't know, hard-nosed, blue-collar approach, and we're going to overachieve and go beat some people. I think Harbaugh is the right kind of coach for that job. He played at Michigan. They hired him. He's not the right kind of coach for Michigan. They need a front-runner. I don't think Harbaugh is a front runner. <clears throat> I think he's just not the right fit. I think they've found that out. If they let this thing bottom out, which it basically is bottoming out now, or what if they let him try to coach him out of it? You know? I don't know. I-, I think that what I do know is that it is an awful situation at Michigan right now. The head coach himself admits it every part every every part is you know, it was not uh you know where it close to where it should be um you know stopping the run stopping the pass running the football offensively throwing the pass in the passing game i mean all things uh all things uh thoroughly you know not not where they need to be in terms of
1: in terms of execution so that's you know that's that starts with
0: as I said, starts with me, starts with our coaches, um, and also uh, you know, every every person here, you know, understanding what we're supposed to do and then going and executing it. There you go. Everything's broken in Michigan, he knows it. Bottomed out. You're not getting this train turnaround going uphill to take years. If you stick with Harbaugh, you're looking at three years. I'm serious. Okay, so if you don't stick with him, who's it going to be? But look at Derek Mason at Vanderbilt. I'm just get, being honest. You know, you know, watch him against State. They lost to State. Their offense really struggled against State's defense. State's defense is very good. You know, it was a pretty good Kentucky defense. That Vandy went up there and put up a bunch of points on them this week. Scared them to death. I know one of those touchdowns late, but just scared the daylights out of Kentucky. What thirty plus points they scored in the ball game?
1: It's pretty cool s- what they did for their O-line
0: coach. You see oh, that yeah, I did see that. Game? Yeah, Kentucky yeah. at the beginning of the game. Yeah, good w- stuff. With Vanderbilt, I see a team that is playing hard at great odds, at long odds. Vandy has no business hanging in there in a ball game with Kentucky. They did it. Vandy has no business. <laughs> I'm serious. Vandy has no business hanging in there in a ball game with State. They did it. I don't see a situation. Let me back up. When you look at how many players have left, opted out of Vanderbilt, injuries, everything else, the ones that are there are playing really hard week in and week out despite not winning a game. They are not poorly coached. Watch them. I mean, from a football standpoint, yes, they're getting outmanned and out depth and outrun in these ball games. They are at a tremendous personnel disadvantage right now. But they're not a mess. They're not out there getting out coached, out schemed a lot, frankly. And given everything going on, I just with COVID, it does not look like a situation where Vandy needs to change make a change at head coach. I mean, it, to me, people spitting that out there, it is just simply a matter of, oh, well, they haven't won a game, fire him. But th- th- look, y'all, that's not reality. That's just not reality. I'm not making excuses for him or anything. Sven telling me that Harbaugh makes $8 million a year at Michigan. Yeah, it was 10, though, wasn't it? You take a big pay cut, something like that. All right, somebody cited the fact that combined Florida-Alabama put up almost 90 points or right at 90 points on Georgia's defense. Jason and Flagstaff says, LOL, at citing Florida and Alabama as reasons that State has a chance to beat Georgia. They've got something we don't have, offensive players, plenty of them, and coaches trying to win now. Look, You know, unless uh, unless something really changes, Georgia is going to have a tremendous advantage. Their defensive line on the field versus State's offensive line. Georgia got a tremendous advantage there. Coffee Norman says, "Matt, I see Kiffin." says that the AM and m Ole Miss game will almost certainly not be made up. I guess because it's a second canceled game. What happens if the Egg Bowl is canceled? He says, I think if no other game gets made up, they will try to play that one. Yeah, they'll definitely try to play that one if it were to come down to that the week of Thanksgiving where one team or the other has to uh, hold off. Um, here is a quote from, well, not a quote, but A story from Keith Carter. Uh, Somebody's saying that this morning, Keith Carter, Athletics Director Ole Miss, said that they will find out tonight by 8 p.m. whether they might play LSU or Mississippi State this weekend. And it would hinge on either Georgia or Arkansas being unable to play this weekend. He also noted that the last four weeks are going to be very, quote, fluid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just there's no way to tell what's going to happen in any of these, really. It's just day-to-day, week-to-week. I mean, it's a week of, and we're sitting here going with an actual athletics director at one of the schools going, on Monday night at 8 p.m. at that time, will we know for sure if we're not playing somebody? And we might play somebody, but it's not who's on our schedule, but it could be one of two other teams. I mean, <laughs> if that ain't fluid – I don't know what is. Gage on the country pleasing text line says, Do you think South Carolina goes after one of the new offensive coordinators like Jeff Levy, Kendall Bryles, or even Brian Johnson from Florida? Gage, I do not. I don't think South Carolina. Yeah, I don't think South Carolina um, goes after an offensive coordinator. They will hire a sitting head coach somewhere. They already know who it is. They're not hiring him at the time that they're hiring him. I'm sorry, firing. They're not firing him at the time they're firing him without somebody already lined up. He's lined up. It's probably not in writing. It's probably simply a... Verbal agreement with somebody. You can speculate on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I wouldn't... If, four
1: or five people you think might...
0: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's Napier at Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's who it is. You know, and he's making $2 million, something like that, two, two-point, whatever, at Louisiana. And you hire him, you're going to have to pay him four right off the bat. And... Everything I've read and learned about Napier at Louisiana in the past is that he's old school, he's coach's son. He's not going to be going out here and being all public about going to the next job while he's still coaching this one. Right. Um. So I think that's who it is. Uh, we'll see. But I think it's who it is. It's not Freeze.
1: Wasn't that part of the reason that he didn't interview with State last year is he was his team was still playing at the time they were doing some interviews? Yeah. And he didn't want to interview till after the season was over, is what I right. told Right.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, think about call it. All that is,
1: commitment and loyalty, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, and any good athletics director wants a coach who thinks that way. Yeah. No question about it. Um one of the first red flags that ever went up about Tom Herman, the coach at Texas, who ain't long, who's not long for that world. <laughs> uh, one of the first red flags that went up about him is when it's before he ever even got to Texas. He was still coaching at Houston, and he and his agent were playing both ends against the middle. You know what I'm saying? You're negotiating on one end, but you're using that stuff to leverage against the other end. It was LSU and Texas open at the same time. And they're floating all kinds of rumors out there on purpose. His agent was doing it on purpose the night before his Houston Cougars were running out there playing in a very important game Yeah. the very next day. Didn't care. Didn't care one bit, one iota, how it would affect those Houston players who've been working their butt off all year long and practicing and getting ready, and a lot of them seniors, the last time they'd ever play football. Didn't care. Mm
1: -mm. My grandmother calls that talking out of both sides of
0: your mouth. Well, that's what they did. And – um, there's a red flag for you. A good coach with his mind in the right place tells his agent, hey, buddy, I appreciate what you're doing, but you shut up. <laughs> and you keep it out of the media. We're coaching tomorrow to win. Nip it, nip it. After the ball game on Saturday, you can do whatever you want, float whatever you want. But you float something between now and kickoff, and you're done with me. But he didn't do that. Cause he's about himself and he goes to Texas and he's about himself and he goes to Texas and does some selfish things on the sideline, you know, getting into a little, I don't know what you want to call it. A little, um, match between he and Missouri <laughs> in a bowl game in his first year, you know, and the Missouri quarterback drew locke You got a 20 year old kid out there doing a little celebration thing. And then the head coach starts mimicking it on the other side when they, Got the upper hand in the game. It was one of the most childish things in a football game I have ever seen from a sitting head football coach. One of the most childish. That's Tom Herman. Well, frankly, nobody's surprised. Nobody's surprised either that he's going to be out on his rear looking for the next job. Texas may go higher Freeze. Mm. And look out if they do. Wow. Oh, wow. Um. Let's see here. <laughs> Rebel Rex says matt imagine if vandy gets everyone back that opted out and this young nucleus they could do some damage that quarterback looks uh, better every week rex it's a good observation on your part he is a true freshman uh what is his name it's not neil is it i can't think of the kid's last name i'm just drawing a blank played against state played well um but I agree; it's a good observation. And the, the young nucleus they have is playing really hard, and they're seals. That's it. Thank you, Rex. And he's and they're doing some good things. They are big time outmanned. State fans know what that feels like, and they're big time young. You know, and people go, "Yeah, well, Ole Miss made coaching change, and they don't look outmanned." Well, they, in a lot of ways, they're not. Their offensive line is very good. You look at a player like Moore and some of those pass catchers. Compare, you know, combined with corral and then running back, speed all over the place. But we talked about it in the preseason. Look, um, the fact is, Ole Miss was one of two teams in the SEC that had more than 70 lettermen coming back this year. It was them and AM. But Ole Miss had the most. Ole Miss had more players with playing experience coming back on their roster than anybody else in the SEC. And that's big when you're having an odd offseason and you don't get to do as much team activities and you do have new coaches. To More guys have been through the ring or some. So I thought that was important to them. And now they look like, I mean, they obviously are, they're big time on offense. They're not just good, they are big time. They're one of the better offenses in the country and loaded with speed. And their offensive line is awesome. I mean, I watched that game the other night. I know they're playing South Carolina. But, you know, it's a South Carolina team that beat Auburn and has done some things. It's also a South Carolina team that got blown out by LSU. But, man, Matt Corral sat back there in a pocket for Ole Miss Saturday night and could still be sitting back there in a pocket if he wanted to. That offensive line was that good.
1: He, uh... He's really impressed me the last couple games, and especially because he's bounced back so good from that Arkansas game. Uh, he just got—he plays with a little flair, you know. Yeah, he does. He's, all, he's always kind of had that little—I don't know—pre-Madonna kind of kind of side to him. But uh, well, thought he ran the ball real well, and and I thought he, he threw the ball exceptionally.
0: well. Let me tell you, man, he's good, and yeah. he's one of the littlest guys on the field. Matt Corral is, but he is tough.
1: Was he about six two? He's, he's
0: not even six oh, two. If he's six two, I'm Shaq. He's <laughs> he's six foot tall. They may list him six one, but he's six tall. Running through guys, he he never hesitates. It seems like on decisions. It's every now and then gets caught holding the ball, but makes quick decisions, lets it rip. I I think he's tough. Yeah. All right. Hey
1: man, I met a thirteen year old yesterday with a size seventeen. Thought about you. <sighs> wow.
0: Stick around.